Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Yes, we've got PJ Brown on the line now to talk through this weekend's GEA, but obviously where we probably need to start is with the news yesterday that uh, the GEA matches for the foreseeable will be played behind closed doors. Lads, what is your reaction to that? Uh, well... I've I've been finding it hard to get worked up about this, Mark, as you know. I think we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I've been finding it hard to get worked up at the idea that we're going through so much and there's so much happening in the world and in the country that people going to GEA games isn't my biggest concern, whether it's right or wrong, right? But I have to say I was a bit annoyed yesterday by... I watched the entire press conference. I obviously heard all the reports. And it does seem to me that, you know... A random cracking of the whip, I think, is what I described it as in a, in, in a piece this morning. It's just like people have been going along to games. They've been trying to do it in a safe way. There's definitely issues there as to whether that's all kosher or not. But it seems like nothing – it seems like this tiny little thing over here that affects so many people's lives and is such a part of the culture of uh, villages and towns and counties around the country has been affected – and it's going to have minimal effect on anything. Whereas all of these other things that are the cause of everything have just been left to it. And even if you look at actually what the what the you know the the measures that were brought in last night, and you know the 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 Taoiseach and the CMO and all were talking about like oh hopefully the measures that we've brought in tonight will mean that blah 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 over the next couple of weeks. But there's very few actual measures. You know, there's there's most of it is like you know, oh, people are advised to do this or people should show personal responsibility to do this, that, the other. Sport is one of the very few things that they actually went after here. And I wonder how big of a problem it's been. You know, they talked to some vague um, ideas that, you know, Ronan Glynn said that the um, there's been very few or if, if any incidents of any clusters in actual playing teams, which is great. Like, that's brilliant news. You know, if you think about that, that, you know, you've got 30 or 40 people you know, traveling to games together, leaving games together, training together, even if it is in, in, in pods or whatever, but playing games against other teams and coming up against however many, like, I mean, there's a lot of games happening at the moment, you know, so you're, you're meeting a lot of people over the course of the last month and there doesn't seem to be any clusters as a result of that. That's brilliant. And then they had some vague nod to the idea that there might have been in terms of attendances, but no details at all. I think that, I think the GEA public and the sporting public in general deserve some details on that because people are furious about this because it was the one thing that they have gone you know was like right we have these championships isn't this great look we're playing these in big huge grounds we can spread out it's outdoors they keep telling us that things aren't as bad outdoors fair enough the congregations before and after so on so forth but like let's treat people like you know adults like reasonable citizens and give some guidelines enforce the rules that need to be enforced and if there's an issue there, if there's a genuine issue there that sport is, people attending sporting events is one of the reasons for the upsurge in COVID cases over the last few months, explain that to people. Don't just give these vagaries that we're just taking it away from you now. Because I think we have to be past that. And I, I, as I said, I'm not the one who's spouting on about GEA crowds for the last two months, the way an awful lot of people in the GEA world have been. And I think it's it should be down the list of priorities. But I just, I felt insulted by the way they came out with that announcement yesterday. And by the way, still nearly 24 hours later, we don't have any more details. 
Yeah, I really like if there was a better explanation, people would be more willing to accept these things and be willing to say, okay, this is how we do our part here. Because like the J was doing a lot early on the pandemic to ensure that communities were able to get through this. And I'm sure if they had a proper explanation, they would continue to do that. What I don't like about this is the GA coming out and directly being like the, you know, the teacher's pet, trying to be like the teacher's pet in the class, looking for, to go straight to Roland Lynn and for an explanation on this. I, I don't understand why they, why they should get to go straight to him. I, I, I don't think that's, a, that's not a, a good use of his time, I would think, him having to explain this to the GA. Well, yeah, then maybe the, that's a fair point. Sorry, Mark, but the like that's the wording of it is saying like this is the person that's making the decision. And it, it kind of goes to I think the making the boogeyman out of you know Neffet or you know the the HSE or the CMO or all these people who are saying making these decisions based on public health grounds. However, I do think be it the government or be it the HSE or be it anyone is in the people who've been affected by this, which is the GEA, yes, but mainly it's the people who go to GEA games. Do do deserve an explanation for something to be taken away from them rather than a throwaway? It's not as important as the rest of the stuff we're talking about, you know. So I get what you're saying, but I actually think that like somebody in charge, like it, it that's it's down to government rather than mm-hmm. than to Neffet. But like the government deserves to give people an actual explanation based on actual, like as I said, like using the word again, explanation, not just the sort of a, a a throwaway kind of like, oh yeah, no, there's been cases, yeah, so we can't have that anymore. You know, oh, we can't be having congregations. That's the concern. That's not a good enough example. Tell us if 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 things have been spread, and if so, why? Maybe we can make some alterations rather than cut it off altogether. Yeah, but Professor Philip Nolan was talking on the journal that he's the Explainer podcast today, and he said that there are examples of it spreading, but from people going to sport events, but that he said a lot, like really he said more often at the point of transmission is actually people traveling, you know, before and after the event in cars together or congregating together uh, before and after it. So like, even if that was explained beforehand, I think to kind of just what's the word to, to, you know, to, to warn people that this is coming down the tracks or this is, you know, that there are examples of this happening. But I don't know whose job that is in terms of, I don't know if that's necessary or don't even, I probably isn't Neffet's job to have to explain that beforehand. If it is not the job of the government, as you were saying, make to, you know, that, that they're, Neffet are advising them and then they're making the decisions. So yes. like you were saying, DJ, like why GA going straight to Neffet to come to them is very confusing. I think it's just a lot of confusing, confusion and a lot of it stems from poor communication over the reasons why rather than necessary the the actual decisions but sometimes because the decision because there hasn't been the good decent communication beforehand of that once the decision's made everybody's like what he's talking about sure there's no examples of it where it's like well actually no there's just no evidence you know we have we don't know of the examples of it or we didn't yeah know beforehand but i mean um, is, is it is it is it beyond the remit of okay so maybe like it's the government's decision whether to share this rather than efforts right but effort obviously have to are answerable to the government or to the cabinet who will yeah. who can ask them these questions when the original decision has been made. But is it not like is it not the responsibility to tell us that oh there's been cases? Where are the cases? What are the cases and what have they led to? You know, because we know like I'm sorry, but if it's one or two cases 
because of people being in the car together and they're the close contacts. There's nothing to say that that wouldn't have happened anyway. You know, these are people probably sharing a household or whatever. You know, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure they do have their reasons. I do think that I just, again, I'm just going back to the fact that I think that they always a little bit more. They owe people who are going to these games who think they're doing it safely, who, who feel like that, you know, I, I've hated the narrative, hated it over the last few months that something has been done to punish people who've suffered enough. You know what I mean? Because that's nothing to do with the actual yeah. situation that's happening. However, it's very hard to kind of get past the, um, the optics of this, that it just looks like that this small issue of uh, like outdoor gatherings, etc., like that, has just been picked, not at random, but it's the easy target, you know? We're definitely not going to close down any businesses or factories. Grand, I'm happy with that. With the schools are the most important thing. That's fine. You know, we want to keep the restaurants open, so so on and so forth. But, you know, you you people are way less important. We're not going to give you the, you know, the um the respect of explaining this decision to you properly. I'd like inherently I want to believe the experts, you know. Me too, yeah. I want to believe that I I want to believe that they are doing this for a reason, that they have a good reason for doing this. And like we said before, if they just explained it a little bit better, I think everybody else would be willing to believe them as well. Yeah, definitely. Explanation and communication is key. Obviously, as well, it doesn't even necessarily, maybe it's not that there are, but it'll say that there's enough people in the community have it now that there is a greater risk that down the line there would be more cases from people going to sporting events together as well. There's also that, and obviously on an international level, other examples of it possibly. But again, it's all communication. And then the other thing I suppose as well is that even if there are a few people who are getting it that way, it's a bigger conversation we need to have. Isn't are we trying to get rid of this virus or are we saying we're going to try and limit it and just we're going to have to learn to live with it for the foreseeable? Because we kind of need to do one or the other, as they're talking about in prime time last night. And maybe if there are some that are transmitting to that foreseeable, that's just the reality of it. But life has to go on i don't know that's a bigger conversation that's not for today's not you. for not but, for this podcast not but, for uh, us to decide <laughs> I, but, I, uh, i'd be i'd be interested mark as a again as a player i, I i'm i most fascinated sometimes by your experience of this because we're not getting to games and we're not like you know even when there was people allowed it was so limited um you know by the way can i just make one more point before i'm, I, I'm just i'm, I'm taking off is this the blanket ban is unfortunate, I think, as well. Because if you're going to an under-12s match to watch your daughter play a camogie game or something like that, you know, yeah. you're already living in the house with that person. I know you don't want to be with other parents, etc., like that. But, you know, that's an unreasonable... I think that's an unreasonable um, imposition on, on parents and on the children themselves. You know, if they're going to be playing sport at all, I think, you know, having one parent with them at least at, at that game is is something that and again i just think it's unfortunate that there's a kind of a blanket and look i i understand there's a lot of things going on in the world and it's very hard to be making individual decisions based on uh you know but anyway that's my point i'd be very interested to know your experience on this because like it hasn't been breaking out in teams why would it be breaking out in in what are teams doing that are, is so different when you take into account the number of subs standing on a sideline are teams better behaved than supporters in your experience in the matches that you've been to so far is this purely coincidence you know like oh, you, I, I don't know yeah, I, I suppose I, like the only thing I could go think on is probably maybe the what Nolan is saying in terms of people congregating before and afterwards are going together um, but even the yeah. congregating before and afterwards like teams are obviously going to be um, 
doing that congregating too. doing the warm-up or whatever and one half the fields are there kind of together but i don't know um obviously it varies as well i mean just from mine from ours there were no cases or anything so there's nothing really yeah. to go on no sure um, i suppose i'm just your observation watching the match that i'm thinking of or you know seeing kind of what's happening around the ground our supporters gathered more closely than no one's subs. nobody's dragged anybody down or anything or uh, <laughs> <laughs> hit them with a late shoulder in the stand so <laughs> i guess the big thing like like mark is for me one of your point of view from team's point of view is like only 15 people allowed of training like how workable is that? Because I presume that I presume includes like coaches as well. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing that's kind of I think confusing people to figure out what's going to happen there. I think it's or, gone back to the original thing of like pods of fifteen, isn't it? So you could probably have you could probably have multiple sessions, but in different groups or different areas of the field, or you know, different congregations of like togging out and different things. Again, it is confusing. A training game, like it makes it very hard to have a training game that to prepare for actual game in that way. Yeah, do you split it in the pitch? Do you split it time wise? I don't know. But what's the compliance level going to be as well? That's a massive question. Let's be honest about it. It's very easy to say here's the rules. Everybody's going to stick to them. That's not going to be the case either. You know. So I think going to your point, PJ, is if what you're missing out in training, are people going to be punished for sticking to the rules here? You know, mm. something that we kind because of talked a little bit about inter-county training earlier on yeah. the year. Because, like, like I said, not every not everybody's going to have just 15 at training, I guess, yeah. This weekend, PJ, we have, still it still goes on. Um, there's a lot of games to look forward to, but just quickly, before we move on to this week, I have, I'm getting great enjoyment out of your uh, weekly updates on what were your favourite things from the previous weekend's uh, <laughs> exploits on the pitch. Give us your rundown from the weekend. Uh, the really enjoyed the uh, the, the Waterford uh, quarterfinals o- over the weekend. Uh, my Myles Moore uh, beat uh, beat <laughs> Abbey side. By, uh, You're the love the love My Myles Moore beat at two twenty two to, to three eleven, and like it, it, some of these games, they're they're so high scoring. There's so much entertainment. It's um, in the games that I watched. On the other half, like the the other two games, they weren't as high scoring, but yeah, my, my Lismore, I've been to Lismore once. I uh, hung around outside the castle, lovely castle. It was closed. I didn't get to go in. But, you know, that coupled with uh, having watched them in when three, they were last three games, uh, has it's really instilled this, this uh, love of Lismore in me. And uh, really good game against Abbeyside. We get Morris, Morris Shannon has scored uh, 111. What, he scored 111 at the weekend. He now is 338 racked up in three games. So i got to wonder, like, uh, I. Liam Cal, you he was Marshan was dropped from the panel uh, this year, so yeah. you kind of wonder if like he is back in the reckoning because he like from freeze he is extremely accurate from freeze from like all over the pitch. Give him a free anywhere in the pitch, and it's it's more than like it's like ninety percent this is going over from Marshan. Uh, the the other guy uh, from this more really good game of the weekend is uh, Oshin O'Gorman. Uh, who really enjoyed uh, Kieran O'Connor's uh, commentary where he pointed out uh, after Oshino Garman had scored his goal that uh, Oshino Garman, the man with one kidney, playing like he has more than two. Because <laughs> <laughs> we all know that you know, if you have three kidneys, <laughs> you're going to be flying on a sports team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you love this. This local team. GA commentary, though, is fantastic. Like, it's yeah. so good. It's such yeah, a great they, bonus for this year. Those little bits of kind of local knowledge about a player kind of 
like stuff that you, you I wouldn't know that like say like if it was on RT that someone like Marty Morris here or Jerry Canning might might not know. Uh, they, they really add to your enjoyment of the game, like like saying that like the uh, you know the slitters are landing in uh, Paddy Joe Ryan's back garden in uh, when they go over the wall in Friar Field. Like, <laughs> like that. Uh, but the other game, Mount Zion, like there was two upsets. That was a bit of an upset. This more being Abbey side and Mount Zion beating De La Salle was also a big upset. Um, De La Salle were I think it was last year finalist. Um, Mount Zion they won by four points and those the. Four points in the second half were scored by Austin Gleeson, who had his red card from the previous week against Rowan Moore rescinded on Friday night, which I thought was quite strange. Yeah, if I don't know why it was rescinded, I haven't read that, but if, if because to me it was a red card, like it definitely was a red card, and you really seem to be taking away like a referee's authority here. You're opening up like a referee to being questioned. When they're on the pitch, like it's that's a very tough position for a referee. Like yeah. he gives a legit what I thought was a legitimate red card, and you have to take away. Uh, funnily enough, Austin Leeson was sent off again in this game. <laughs> this time it was <laughs> it was uh, two yellow cards. Um, he played. He like when he was on. He he played really well, especially in that second half. Four points in play. He was he was really really good. Um, yeah, so he he will be able to play this weekend. They're playing. Uh, they're playing Passage. I think it's on Saturday evening. So should be a good game. I mean, Mount Zion will be favourites for that. And then on, I think it's on, I think it's Sunday. It's a, yeah. the two three finds are Mount Zion and Passage and Ballygunner yeah. and Lismore. On, on the Ballygunner and Lismore. Oh, sorry, Ballygunner and Lismore is on Saturday. Right, okay, yeah. Yeah, that's live on TV. We'll, we'll go through the live games in a few minutes. But on... Uh, I, I did pick, I, I hate to break it to you, I, I, I wasn't even going to bring it up hoping that you wouldn't listen, but I'd be worried. I did bring up, uh, I did I did back Ballygunner in my big shout a few minutes ago mm. uh, before you were on the line uh, uh, as one of the hurling, one of the four hurling games I picked. Um, I, I, I don't like saying it to you, but I'm more than willing for you to tell me why Lismore have a chance of ending Ballygunner's 412-year winning streak in the Waterford Senior Hurling Championship. I think they're now unbeaten. It's thirty-six games. Is they're they're unbeaten and they're going for seven uh, titles in a row. They're they're big favourites for this. Like I think Lismore will win it. They Lismore have like a really good forward line. They've like uh, you know, that that kid Oshie Ngarm. He's he's only a teenager. He scored one five against uh, against Abbeyside. That was an upset win. It, it seems like Lismore are certainly performing above what people thought they were capable of this year. Um, maybe people didn't think Marshannon was going to be this good. Mm. Uh, they, they are capable of putting up big scores. I mean, so it's kind of like e- even like at the weekend against Abbeyside, um, Marshannon he was being marked by Conor Prunty, and he he, he kind of he put the shackles on him there, like in the first half. But Morris, like Morris, really came into it. Like he 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 didn't let that kind of cow him. Really, he kind of he he stood up. So. I don't know. I, I, like, I, I think Lismore are capable of putting up a big score. Like, are you going to... They're the, they're, the, they're the best team in Waterford for years. I, yeah. I, That's like, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't feel Lismore beating them, but I think it should be like a really, really good game. Yeah. Well, I'm scared now. Even 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 though you picked Ballygunner, I'm still, I'm still scared. But What else have we got right. on TV this weekend, Mick? Uh, it's great, right? So it's uh, Kerry's... Uh, 
PJ's beloved Kerry Senior Football Championship, which is different from the Kerry Senior Club Championship, which we've been talking about in recent weeks, is uh, is uh, on with two games on TV. So on Friday night, we've got uh, it's Killarney versus Tralee. It's Austin Sachs versus Dr. Croaks at 7.30 on TG Carr. And also um, on more Kerry on Sunday on RTE, we've got uh, also Killarney versus Tralee with uh, Killarney Legion versus uh, Karen Zarahli. That's at 3.45 um, on RTE. On Saturday, we've got two games on RT, also from the Clare Senior Hurling Championship, Broadford and Six Mile Bridge, which I mentioned earlier. I picked Six Mile Bridge in the um, in the uh, big shout. And also Ballier versus Kilmaley. Uh, Ballier, de- them of Tony Kelly. Uh, people will be interested in that. That's on a 4.45 and 6.30 on RT2. And then on TG Cahar on Sunday, we've the Wexford Senior Hurling Final. They were, we, we always knew it was coming that Wexford had gone earlier than everybody else. Davey obviously wanted, I don't know if he knew that he was going to have to wait anyway. Uh, another few weeks. right too. Considering everything that's happened, they're bloody right as well. Like, uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, at least they'll have a champion this year for sure anyway. That is Shalmaliers. Shel- I can't do it. Against, Na- against Nave Aina, which everyone has to be honest is a very, very surprising Wexford Senior Hurling final. St. Yeah. Martin's were the champions there. Obviously, Elder the Ballard, the big names. There's other teams in there as well um, who, who've lost in, a, in in recent weeks. So it's an interesting championship. That's going to be a really good game. And then also... They're both on, evens on labbrooks.com. So if that's anyone's wow. game. Absolutely, yeah. So that's a cracker. That's two o'clock on, on Sunday. It is the first time that those two teams have met in the, in the final. They've only actually... They're two recent first-time winners. Uh, Chandeliers won the first time in 2014 and Nevena in 2018, I think it is. So two kind of uh, newly successful, new kind of new powers in in Wexford. Class. And then the Dublin Senior Championship quarterfinal with uh, Bridgets versus Kula, which again is a game we've already mentioned. That's on at 2 o'clock on Sunday, but it's going to be shown on TG Carr at 5 to 7 in the evening. So there's GA all day on Sunday between TG Carr and uh, RTE. There's two games um, from Clare on Saturday night in on RTE, and there's Kerry football on TG Carr on Friday night. So a veritable feast once exactly. again, and that's before you even get to the streaming. So to say, any games that stick out in your head, PJ, that that you should be thinking we should be watching out for? Yeah, I, like obviously that 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 Stacks and Crooks game is um, it, it's the team with them like. Crooks, the thirty, the thirteen carry titles up against Stacks, who have twelve carry titles. So it's um probably like both teams don't really have the carry stars that they would have in the past. There's a lot of like young lads on that Crooks team who are kind of coming through. We got like Michal Burns, Tony Broston, Gavin White, and then there's kind of like a few older lads like like uh, kind of Johnny Buckley and the like. Uh, and that that Stacks team, one of the interesting things for for that Stacks team is. They've got two two lads who transferred from uh, Valencia Island uh, earlier oh. earlier this year. In uh, Brendan O'Sullivan, he's kind of like a would be on like the fringes of the um, the Kerry panel for, for for quite a long time. He is uh, he's playing very good midfielder. He's playing in midfield for Stacks now. He's I, I think he's turning one of their main players and like Kieran Donaghy, still kind of hanging on hanging on there as well. Still like being a. Mm-hmm. Uh, being like a nuisance in around the full forward line, um, like it, it's a really interesting game. Uh, I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure if either of those teams are going to win it this year because East Kerry are just like so much more powerful. They were the best team last year. They're even more powerful this year. 
It's a good one to watch. Uh, the, there are loads of other games being like uh, streamed in Kerry this weekend. Probably not the ones that like I would have picked, I guess. But like, if you like looking for what was the other one? Like, there's Mick Mick, Mick Kerry and Kilcommon is on Saturday, and like on the St. Brendan's and West Kerry is on. That there there is loads of like loads of games in Kerry to watch this weekend. Um, yeah, that 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 one on Friday night is like the, the main game I'm looking forward to this weekend. And the West and the Wexford Ireland final. Wexford Ireland final. Good stuff. Well, thank you very much, lads, for uh, ch- chatting to us this week. We've uh, run out of time. We've talked to so many people. I can't even remember who I'm talking to anymore right now at the minute. I think it's Mick and PJ. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you are having a bet on the GA or indeed anything else this weekend, be sure to gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlewy.net for more information. Please do also subscribe to the podcast if you've not done so yet. You can find us by searching the build up on balls.e on all good podcast apps. Leave a rating and a review while you're there as well. It would mean an awful lot to us. But until we chat to you next week, mind yourself.